the point that you know that I think was made in the the Intercept article, which is that yeah, it's a, it's a political issue in a different way if an agent of the state is uh, is is killing somebody in performance of their duty. Uh, then, if somebody who's a criminal who who would face justice if they were caught is uh, is is killing them, and and there's a sense in which that's certainly true, and that was my point in the article. But reading your article just now, or that was in that argument, but uh, but reading your article just now, thought, oh crap, uh, yeah, Lee and Adam are, actually had a point here I wasn't really seeing, uh, you know, which is that uh, which which is also right that uh, that that this is. Um, you know, this is this is a very bad look. This is avoidably a uh, a very bad look. You know that that if if not that there's not a uh, a sense in which a different sort of issue is raised, you know, by police killings, but that uh, that if you know, I, I guess I can't improve on the way that you put it there. But I mean that this this like treat one of those things as an issue of grave importance and sort of manifestly seeming uncomfortable with any discussion of the other one of those things. Uh, is is something that is probably wrong in itself, and uh, and certainly and certainly sends a politically counterproductive message. If if you want to uh, to to win win support for people who are most rationally worried about that happening, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I would. I think that's an excellent point that you raised, and something that I actually had a paragraph sort of cut from the article talking about this specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that my, my view on it is it just needs to be like. Oh, sorry, Eric, I lost you. Are you still there? I think um, I'm there. Okay. okay, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, you just froze for a second. You started saying my view. Yeah, uh, so I I just think that um, there are these kind of arguments that um, – that make a lot of sense in one context and then, but they become sort of a reflex uh, and aren't um, really thought through. So my view is that, um, you know, in the context of uh, debates about police killing, it is very often the case that the right wing will invoke, you know, quote unquote, black on black crime, um, right, as a, a rhetoric to um, simultaneously derail the conversation about uh, police reform and also, you know, either implicitly or explicitly say that, like, look, like the cops got to break a few eggs, you know, uh, in order to keep these people safe when they're, you know, whatever. I mean, it, 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 there is a very, yeah, very right. racist version of this argument that is very prominent. Right. Um, and so it is obviously, in my view, wrong for people to uh, try to preempt or say that we can't talk about police violence because of this other issue. At the same time, when we're in a context where, you know, we're not deflecting from a conversation about police violence, at least not directly, that, that that's not the main thing that's happening right now, um, then, yeah, there is this instinct where, like, to, to bring this argument up anyway and sort of treat any sort of invocation of it as an attempt um, to, to pin, you know, this on, uh, you know, blaming the victims of, you know, over-policing, abusive policing, um, et, et cetera. Um, and then there's also just this, yeah, element of, as you were saying, like I 100% agree, like in any individual uh, homicide, if it's committed by a police officer, that's obviously inherently more political, um, inherently a, a bigger uh, subject of civic concern, especially if it goes unpunished, because now we're, we're threatening the you know most basic rights that citizens can have 
against the state um, than any individual criminal killing. Um, at the same time, when there is a, a very large disproportion between the number of each, and we're just just not deflecting from the former, but just trying to have a conversation about the latter, um, I don't think, I think that at that point, emphasizing, downplaying the other kind of violence um, on the grounds that, you know, the first kind is the only one sort of that, that concerns the state is actually a libertarian argument, I think, not a progressive one as far as the state is only implicated in violence when direct agents of it commit the violence, right? That the state is not implicated in violence when it concentrates uh, the descendants of slaves in disinvested, uh, deindustrializing, uh, disinvested neighborhoods of deindustrializing cities, uh, denies them job opportunities, cuts social support, and um, refuses to regulate the gun trade. Um, you know, the state is very implicated. You know, it is the government is implicated in these uh, these private these personal acts of, of violence because you know state policy structures our whole social environment. You know, I think that's the left argument. You know, it's a libertarian argument, in my opinion, that, that only the police killing should concern the state and thus concern us uh, politically. Um, so, yeah, that was just a whole line of thought that I had around that specific tension. No, that's, yeah, that seems exactly right. Uh, so, uh, and, and you know, you make the point in the, uh, in the piece that it's just not, um, even if there's some sense that if we were all, you know, ideal utility calculating machines, then, uh, you know, we'd get, you know, we get exactly as worked up about every cause of death, but, you know, realistically, we're not going to, uh, the, uh, like, uh, you know, the, certainly the media is going to, uh, cover violent crime, uh, in a different way that it's going to cover, you know, uh, excess deaths that are caused by air pollution, uh, you know, and, uh, and part of that, you know, and there might be a legitimate media critique in there, but also part of why they do that is that uh, is that just we as humans are just primed to respond in a different way to people being shot to death than you know than than having medical problems that might be exacerbated by various you know etc. Right. So uh, this is going to be something on people's radar. Uh, it's it's most particularly going to be something on the radar of people in the communities that are most afflicted uh, by, uh, by violent crime, uh, who obviously we need to, to reach out to uh, in order to um, you know, elect a socialist office, certainly, and for all sorts of other purposes. Uh, and it's, if we, um, you know, if we seem to be, to be de-emphasizing it or to be uncomfortable when it's brought up, you know, uh, then, uh, then we, you know, at, at the very least, we, we look like we're not confident that our vision of criminal justice is going to address the problem. Uh, and uh, so you have, there's like a little bit of mixed news at the end, but like, you know, you, you do lay out a bunch of good news about like the evidence to the contrary, which, you know, might be a hard argument to make, but is probably an easier argument to make than stop caring about violent crime. Uh, and and you you lay out a bunch of ways in which actually things that the left uh, to the advocates uh, would absolutely reduce violent crime. Yeah, so there's you know uh, a, a range of studies about different uh, types of social investment that have been uh, at least in some contexts associated with declines in crime. Uh, there was a very large, um, particularly large uh, relationship down in one paper uh, from the Medicaid expansion. Uh, in terms of uh, reducing crime, and that actually I think it was a more cost efficient in terms of uh, its effect on crime, um, you know, than uh, 
than increases in policing staff, at least comparing some studies to each other. And this was largely a result of Medicaid expansion, gaining a, a lot of people suffering from addiction access to treatment, um, you know, who didn't have it. And, and therefore, I think, you know, uh, made it uh, easier for them to, um, you know, to develop uh, lifestyles that did not involve uh, criminal offenses, um, you know, because they weren't driven by this imperative to, to, to you know, as a poor, you know, addicted person to, uh, to, to, to feed their addiction. Um, so that was one uh, major one, uh, investments in, um, you know, violence interrupters, community leaders who uh, can sort of intervene, can sense when, you know, sort of gang tensions, when, when interpersonal um, tensions in a community are, are acting up uh, to, to intervene and, and try to mediate in some form. Um, you know, they've been very successful in certain contexts. In certain contexts, they've been uh, sort of less effective, but there's clearly a, a way to do this in which it is very effective. Um, jobs programs, uh, especially summer jobs programs, you know, I think a big, there are many reasons, and the, the most obvious one being, you know, just heat itself, um, why crime spikes in the summers. Um, but I think one, you know, is that we have institutional support for uh, adolescents uh, for, you know, whatever nine months of the year, um, and then it just drops away. And if you aren't, you know, uh, in a class where you can afford to send your kids to summer camp or to, uh, you know, whatever uh, sort of, you know, SAT training and educational whatever, um, you know, uh, there's sort of a lag there. And so I think there, there are studies showing that giving people, um, you know, uh, whether it's employment opportunities or other sort of institutional um, and, uh, you know, uh, outlets um, uh, during the summer can also help. Um, and then there's also been studies on um, wages and recidivism where uh, both geographically looking at areas with relatively higher wage floors, um, whether through statute or just labor market conditions, um, and areas that don't, uh, you see that, you know, um, former uh, offenders uh, or the informally incarcerated um, tend to uh, stay out of prison um, and, and, and then not get arrested and, and uh, reintegrate into society at, at a higher rate where wages are higher. Um, and there's, I think, a similar impact to just within individual locations, uh, at least in, in some studies, uh, after the minimum wage is lifted that we see recidivism um, go down a bit. Um, so I think, you know, the, the full progressive um, alternative uh, to the carceral um, framework you know, in many contexts will require federal investment. And I think that is one tricky aspect of this is that um, depending on what kind of city you're in and what its finances are like, um, you know, there was a, a very good uh, Catalyst Journal um, article two years ago, um, uh, you know, about the, the just brute fact that, that incarceration for all its costs is, is cheaper than a, a welfare state. Um, a, a full Nordic welfare state, like as an alternative, um, and so a lot of cities are not going to have necessarily the base to do as much investment um, as is, you know, optimal. Um, nonetheless, there are still resources at the municipal level that can be um, taken advantage of, and we've seen in, you know, New York City. This is not. This is uh, also, according to some studies, I think, like a long-term um, uh, crime preemption sort of program, although it's kind of funny to think of it in that way, and I, I wouldn't think of it primarily in that way, but we, we have been able to establish pre-K, you know, and uh, 
we can we can fund some social programs at the municipal level that will really make a difference um along with these other more targeted like the violence interrupter uh you know uh, more more sort of immediate um uh ways of, of addressing the the issue and then there's obviously then the sticky complicated subject of um you know handguns themselves uh depending on where you are uh within the broad um progressive uh you know milieu um gun control is either a progressive issue or you know it is uh you know actually contrary to the uh, mission of decarceration because how do you enforce gun laws do you arrest people right. when they have guns um, but there's things like buybacks, you know, that there's ways to do this that, that don't involve um, incarceration that involve uh, carrots, not sticks. Yeah. So, so there is, uh, so things ranging from, uh, from handgun buybacks to, to violence interrupters to, um, to having, uh, you know, higher minimum wage uh, to jobs programs, uh, drug treatment, uh, all of these things that the left typically uh, supports, uh, they, there is evidence they do reduce uh, the rate of violent crime. Uh, and very importantly, I should also say that, like, uh, one thing that the evidence does not support uh, can reduce violent crime is long prison sentences. I mean, that's, that's what people typically think will, but, I mean, it just doesn't. Uh, you have been watching a free public preview for a patron-exclusive episode of Give Them an Argument. Uh, to get the rest of this episode, plus patron-exclusive episodes every single Thursday, as well as patron-exclusive post-games after the regular show every Monday night, and a lot more, head over to patreon.com slash Ben Burgess. As a friend of mine used to put it, why be foolish? <laughs>